0: From the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi.
1: I love the smell of my pump in the morning.
0: I want to punch you in the face so bad right now.
2: This is the On the X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I, I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Just the cup a What we've got here
0: is failure to communicate.
3: This podcast
2: is being brought to you by Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties. Joseph Presley is the 2016 Recreational Real Estate Agent of the Year for Mississippi. If you are in the market for a piece of deer, turkey, or duck hunting property in Arkansas, Louisiana, or Mississippi, give Joseph a call. Joseph can be reached at 601-540-7240. Or check out their website at www.4cplandandhomes.com.
4: I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now,
2: here are your hosts,
0: J. Paul Jackson. They spent, listen to this, $1 million on ads against me in Iowa. Now here's the good news. They used the best pictures. I look so good in those pictures, I'm trying to find where they got them.
2: Rocky LaFleur.
3: Yo, Adrian! I did it!
0: Jake LaTundras.
4: Where are you going?
0: Oh West.
2: With. and josh webb you don't say much do you
4: <coughs>
1: welcome to the on the x podcast powered by DuckSouth.com. i'm rocky lafleur and and i've got mr jake latundras jake all the way back from you're right on the texas louisiana
0: border correct i was i was at uh Toledo Band Reservoir in Louisiana for the Bassmaster Elite event that was held there this past weekend.
1: Well, I don't know if you since since you're back to the podcast today, you probably hadn't heard the new opening, but Jake, I love Jake's part that's been added to the to the opening on the podcast. Gotta go west. Gotta go west. So, but also look, look, we've got Josh Webb, of course, the Duck South editor and manager of the site. Josh, you doing good today?
2: I'm good. I'm, do, I'm doing real good.
1: And we've got an unbelievable surprise guest that's, going to, that's joining us from the front end, the get-go of the podcast, Mr. Jimbo Ronquist, or Mr. Jim Ronquist, which one do
3: people know you better by? Just depends on who's talking to me. Some Jimbo, some Jim. It doesn't matter. The, the formal formal is Jim. Informal is Jimbo. So I like the informal part better. Well, guys, look, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: step off into the deep end of this one because I know that Jake and Jimbo and I know Josh. You you fly some too, but guys. Did you see what happened on the with the United deal yesterday? Have you seen that going mm-hmm. around the news? United the,
3: yesterday, guy that got drug off the airplane. Yes, yeah. that was oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that,
2: that's that was one thing I was going to ask. because uh, that was all going on by the time Jake was flying. So, and I was, <laughs> so,
0: I, and so I, was it, I was on United Airlines yesterday, all the way from Shreveport to Houston to Denver.
2: I mean, were people still talking about it or or anything in the airports?
0: I honestly never heard a word about it till this morning <laughs> <laughs> well
1: i got I think the, I got I think... Two, I, I've got two questions to ask y'all Have you ever taken the the money to get off of a plane but then the second part of the question is, what would you have done if you were in that guy's shoes yesterday?
3: I don't know what you could have done. I'd have maybe said, look, pay me the money. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I think they either. offered him
1: the money, though. I think they did. But he was a doctor. From what I understand, he was a doctor. And but have they
2: proved that yet?
1: Have they proved well, he, was he was
2: saying, a doctor? I, I was about to ask that, Jimbo. I'm glad you said that. Because I heard that, too, Rocky. But And he's a doctor trying to get the patients or something, but. I mean, heck, you don't, you don't ever know what to believe in the in the news and the media, so I just wondered if that wasn't
3: something that was just said. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. Regardless uh, if he was a doctor or not, it's no way to treat a customer.
2: No, absolutely it's, not. Drag
3: him off the airplane. For the reason that you have four employees is trying to get to another place, that, man, that's, I don't know, I wasn't there, didn't see it, not United, but I would think they could have found a better way around it.
2: Well, that, that was the whole
1: issue. They came out and said that the plane was overbooked. Well, now you're hearing a little bit of backstory coming out about it that actually the plane wasn't overbooked. They just had to get four pilots or four crew members to another location.
3: Yeah, And that's the reason the plane
1: was overloaded.
3: And that just kind of gives me a bad feeling. Why couldn't they say, well, we're going to try to book a charter flight for these four folks? With somebody else to get
0: them where they got to go. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Instead of sacrificing one of their customers, I have to tell you, it's funny that all this happened because yesterday, um, uh, the day before yesterday, when I checked in to my flight, I bought, you know, I upgraded a seat because they booked me in a middle seat, and I wanted a window or an aisle. Typically, I like a window so I can lean against the wall when I'm when i fall asleep so i went and bought a window seat which wasn't even extra legroom it cost me seventy three dollars with united then i sit down and the man in the middle seat asks me if i'll trade spots with his son who's back at 22 e or whatever it was and he was in middle seat and i said man I'm really sorry under normal circumstances. I would love to help you and your son sit together, but I paid almost $80 for this seat, and I, I'm not moving because I, I bought this seat to get out of a middle seat, first of, you know, originally, and the guy got mad at me. So I had to sit there. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting there going, well, why don't you go trade seats with someone back there in your son's yeah. aisle instead of giving me a hard time about this. So while that wasn't United's fault, I was a little irritated that I had to pay $80 <laughs> to get a window seat. I mean, that's just, to me, you know, I fly a lot. I fly probably at least twice a month and have been for a while now. And I'm just, I mean, you know, that, that I, I, I don't mind paying 25 or 30 bucks for a window or an aisle seat to upgrade, but $80 or $75, come on, man. Come on. Wow.
1: My problem has always been, since I'm six foot six is trying to get in some of these seats. Man, I I have offered cash to people at the, you know, the middle exit doors where you have all that leg room because it's a Nileway. And I offer people cash, just please swap seats with me because my knees, trying to get in these airplanes in these, because they've got them so tight. It's almost like a carnival
3: ride. You
1: know, corner oh, rides
3: yeah. were never meant for, yeah. for anybody above six foot. Hey, I'm, I made a good duck hunting contact off of that because you know how it is if you're flying uh, like Southwest and if you're one of the last few folks getting on, especially if you're a big guy, everybody's looking at you like, please don't sit here, please don't sit here, please don't sit here, please don't sit here. But I'm looking <laughs> around, you know, and I'm trying to look, I'm trying to find a seat, you know, and I'm thinking, man, fat guy's going to finish last every time. And and this guy's hey, hey, Jimbo. I said, hey, man, and he said, come here. He said, hey. he shook his hand, he knew me, recognized me from the show, and his wife was a little bitty girl, and luckily nobody was sitting at the window. He said, heck, you can sit with us. Man, we sat and talked <laughs> to duck hunting, Hunt, had a great hunt this past year, made a fantastic contact out of it. So every now and then wow. something good comes out of that.
0: <laughs> wow. I was uh, just going to say, if me and you and Rocky were accidentally on the same flight, I guarantee I'd get stuck in the middle, and both of y'all would be on, on both sides of me.
3: That's right. Well, look at the good—you wouldn't fall out. You'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you'd be in good shape. Uh.
1: That, that is so true. I can. I can, I've been on an airplane so many times, though, Jimbo, and sitting there thinking, when you know somebody big is walking to the plane, they're like, "Please walk by. Please walk by." Oh, you know <laughs> what I'm, I'm a, thinking, I'm a they, big guy, when they look I'm, at I'm not you. making fun of them, I'm not making fun of them, but because I'm so big, I, I take up a lot of room. So two big people together to don't do well on their place.
3: No, no, and they're what? made for people that's Jake's size or smaller.
0: And and, and, and f- don't lie. Fancy.
3: Yeah,
0: that, that's not, you know. We're all married, and don't lie. But when the hot chick comes walking down the aisle, it's the opposite. You're going, man, sit here, sit here. (laughs) Oh, of course. (laughs) Oh man, you
1: know it's funny you say that, Jake. Yeah, real quick, let me tell a funny story. I've been down to Florida Osceola hunting, and anyway, uh, Troy Ruiz was with with me from Primos and. Anyway, we we didn't have time to get back and take a shower that day, and I stunk. And, man, we're walking in, and it was a sign seating. It was a Delta flight of sign seating, and Troy and I, our
2: our seats were together. Can can you explain real quick why you didn't have time to take a shower? That, That reason would be because he drove that poor Osceola turkey all the way to the gates of Disney World and took a picture with it. And then and, and then, and then uh-huh. they decided to fly back home. Yeah. go well, okay. ahead, we oh, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He took it to the front gate of Disney World and took a picture with it.
1: Yeah. So you, hey, you Lucky see Lucky some, had a you, feather
2: left on him.
1: You, you want to see an odd look on people's faces? You take a picture of a dead turkey at the welcome gate to Disney World? There are some odd looks. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they look at you like you got three eyeballs. <laughs>
2: Anyway,
1: go ahead. So, it's kind of the opposite. I'm on the opposite end of what Jimbo was talking about just a second ago. So, I'm walking in this airplane, got a sign seating, man, I can, you know, when you can smell yourself, it's not good. And so, I'm looking across the airplane at the few empty seats that's left, and I see this gorgeous blonde. I'm like, oh,
4: God, please don't
1: be next to her,
4: because
1: <laughs> because there's people That definitely, they probably smelt as bad as I did, and I, you know, I would have matched in well with them. But of
3: course, on the
1: I take like two showers a day. The day that I stink, I'm put next to the prettiest girl on the airplane.
0: I'm like, oh god. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, and you know, she's smelling it. I mean, it's like when someone passes gas on the airplane. You're like, really? Did that just happen?
4: Yeah, turbulence got through him,
0: man. <laughs> hey, next time someone does that, I'm gonna blame United. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. go.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, gosh! If I had been on United. Yep.
1: Oh man! All right. Hey, look. Let me tell you real, real quick before we get over to Jimbo and really focus on Jimbo. And I'm sorry we're taking this long, Jimbo, but I saw oh, an I interesting thought. fact today. Facebook has been uh, implicated in half. Of all the divorces across the USA, and what I mean by that, in in the past five years, they've been keeping up with statistics, and in half of those divorces, Facebook has been implicated as one of the reasons that the couple is getting getting a
0: divorce. So, <laughs> Instagram is so, the other reason.
1: <laughs> other 100, <150 laughs> 50% or Snapchat. Yeah. yeah, I would have thought Respect they would have been that. used it for evidence. Yeah, well, I, I think that, that that was kind of one of the things that they were talking about was, uh, you know, they used it as evidence or it was the reason that they were getting a divorce because they met an old girlfriend or
0: a new girlfriend on wow. Facebook. I can believe You'll that.
3: that. You'll have that. You'll have that.
0: I don't even ask my wife what she does on Facebook because I don't want to know. <laughs> it's probably nothing, but if there is, I just, some things you're just better off not knowing.
3: <laughs> uh, you may have a point there, but I, I think you're probably safe, Potter.
0: <laughs> I hope so, but I'm not gonna sweat it. <laughs>
1: you know the thing that it, it was talking about. I guess in the beginning it was talking about is called the selfie syndrome. So when y'all get time today. Do a search for the selfie syndrome. How social media has made people narcissistic.
0: Oh, there's no. Have that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me. Let me. Let me. I got a question there. It's made people narcissistic, or it's exposed their narcissism? Because <laughs> I don't know how that could make someone <laughs> narcissistic more than it just it, it, it exposes their narcissistic ways towards. You know, their are following or whatever. But let let me ask you this because that you bring up a you
1: bring up a really good point because that was something I was thinking about as I was looking at this. Look, and I was think trying to think back into ways. Jake, Jimbo, and I we're all kind of the same age bracket, age group, but. How did how were you not how did were people narcissistic? Maybe I'm just go you know not very smart, but how were people narcissistic back then? How did you pro- really promote yourself in that day and age versus today?
0: You know what I'm saying? I have I have got to I have got to chime in on this because I've thought about this a lot, and you know defining narcissism and self promotion. To me, are two very different things. Now, you can be narcissistic in your self-promoted values, or you can be humble in your self-promoted values. So that, when I when I told myself that right there. That's the difference between self-promotion and narcissism. So you got to avoid narcissism when you're self-promoting, but if you don't self-promote and you're trying to get somewhere, you'll never get somewhere because no one else is going to promote you unless you do it.
3: Very philosophical.
0: Yeah, a fine line. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, all of us run a business, and you know that if you if you're not on social media and not involved in social media and promoting that business with you being a part of that business, I don't think that that's narcissism i, I just think that that is marketing narcissism is a is an indictment on self when you are promoting self dude i I'll tell you this I've got friends what? that you know. They let you know every time they go to the gym. They take a picture of their abs. What? I don't care to see that crap. That, that's what if that's, they're
0: promoting. What if they're promoting? Um, what if they're promoting performance enhancing organic products? Or they're promoting an exercise? Not, then I think it's okay. I think
1: it's okay. Yeah. But. Look, we, I, we we can't spend too much time. We got a very important person here with us today. We well, we I'm need to <laughs> we need to swap topics real quick. But I, I thought that the the half, the sixty percent in all divorces now, Facebook was implicated in some kind of way. It, but Jimbo, look before look. I'm I'm Josh and Jake are going to jump back and forth on you today. Um, But I'm going to ask you real quick, how was duck season this past year before they start going back and forth? Tell tell us a little bit about your duck hunting hunting experience this past season.
3: Well, it it, it was a lot of different experiences. I guess that's a good way to say it. I spent some time with Brother Jake on the Arkansas River in Colorado, which was a huge eye-opening experience for us, or for me, not spending much time waterfowling. In the Western states, that was pretty cool um as far as Mississippi flyway stuff i I got to see it from the best it can get to the worst it can get um overall, I had a pretty fair season. I had the opportunity to hunt some really fine private places that have water and got to really enjoy and partake in some history or places that have a lot of history um as far as my typical hunting that I typically hunt um mother nature didn't give us much water so didn't get to spend much time in some of my favorite haunts because they were dry um but overall i had a good season made some new friends got to catch up with some old friends and saw some young dogs start to turn into being a real duck dog and uh, got to talk some into giving up so it was all good
0: so going from duck seasons to our current topic that we want to talk to you about jimbo you know you and I have spent an awful lot of time together over the last 13 or 14 years in the duck woods, or at least over duck decoys, and one of the things that we've never done together is turkey hunt. and while it is turkey season, it's, it's pretty much full swing now in pretty much every state, or almost every state, um, I know, you know you and I have had in-depth conversations about turkey hunting and all those things, and one thing that a lot of people don't realize is how how deep your passion is for turkey hunting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that little passion you have?
3: Oh man, I happy to. Um I was fortunate just to kinda give you the backstory a little bit on me, I was fortunate to grow up in a in a hunting household. Uh mom, dad, brother, sister, um, family, friends and relatives. The outdoors was our life. You know, Dad was uh a duck hunter, bird loved bird dogs, loved to quail hunt. Um, he even talked about the early turkey seasons. At that time, he lived in the Missouri Ozarks when turkeys were first brought back in the early 1960s. Um, he talked about that and just the stories around it and everything was, was something, you know, like every little boy. You know, you listen to them stories and you think, man, I want to do that. So uh, growing up in South Missouri, Tennessee, Kentucky, kind of grew up originally. Um, you know, was around turkeys and and just you know, kind of it was a part of our lifestyle. Come springtime, you was thinking turkeys and fishing. um, Fall, you was duck hunting and quail hunting and goose hunting. You know, so that was kind of how I grew up, and I, I enjoyed turkeys a, a, a really good bit. You know, was involved in the NWTF, uh, got in contest scene a little bit. um, Never won no big ones, but won a couple little ones. Made made the cut and a couple big ones, but you know wasn't just extremely successful but that wasn't the point you know you was trying to make yourself better and and learn to do more in the woods and kind of turkey hunting is kind of what led me to um a career in outdoor video and television is i really got interested in it at that time you know from the early 80s you know turkey hunting videos and stuff and people getting a camera and going to the woods and i wanted to be that guy i wanted to i wanted to one one, it, it was a, it was kind of a selfish reason that I, I kind of seen a way that I could be in the woods hunting and call it work. And two, I wanted to be able to show people what I seen, or or at least how I thought I could see it as a young guy. And I I got involved was uh, on the Primos Pro staff at the time, and I got to go on the road with them a little bit and learn some camera stuff from a gentleman named Ron Jolly. Um, if y'all remember the old Primos, I remember Ron yeah. Jolly. Yeah.
2: yeah, that was, that
3: was well, good, uh, yeah. Good folks, man, great people, and, and Jolly was kind of my mentor in in outdoor video. Back in the day, if you had a Panasonic AG four hundred and sixty Super VHS camera and a and a mic with a cord on it, you was somebody, man. You was you was a guru. Um, well, I learned a lot about you know just how it changed turkey hunting and and hunting with other people, and and it, it's still very passionate to me. I enjoy the idea of being in the woods in the springtime and seeing the world wake up and everything's fresh and new and green and um it's just one it's a great time to be in the woods and two it's it's just turkey hunting is just awesome once it gets under your skin, you can't shake it unfortunately, um, hunting out ducks in the woods in the wintertime and turkeys in the springtime happen at different times of the year, so I don't have to pick one over the other but but turkeys <laughs> turkey gobbles on the limb in the morning. It 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 does the same thing to me almost now as it did when I was uh, ten years old standing next to my daddy and the turkey gobbled about fifty yards away and I about pooped down both legs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ironically, Alan. as you br- go, go ahead, Josh.
2: No, 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 no. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, ironically, you working with Ronnie Jolly back in the days of of the Truth series. That's probably the 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 really the i mean there was other turkey hunting videos juries were doing it um you know and, and some other random guys were doing some uh turkey videos back then but really the truth series when they took off and went out west and went down to florida and started you know mixing in all the different subspecies of turkeys that's when really the turkey hunting popularity kind of exploded after that wouldn't you say
3: I'd say it was growing, but it, it really kind of, I think, pushed it a notch. But everybody was in it back then. You know, not just them, but you look at uh, what some of the call companies were doing of the day. Um, at that time, Quaker Boy was big. Of course, Primo's was growing. They sure. were near who they are now. Uh, of course, Hunter Specialties, Night and Hale, they were all in it. A fella from up in Pennsylvania by the name of Denny Govis was one people mm-hmm. really followed. He was a good videographer, but he, he was... He was a turkey, and he shot some incredible footage for, for his time. And, of course, Preston Pittman. <clears> How <throat> you mentioned mm-hmm. Troy Ruiz earlier. In the conversation, you know, Troy started off, I think, working with Preston, and, and they did some, for the time, they did some pretty forward-thinking stuff back then. and um, It was fun to be a part of that, and I wasn't near at their level by no means, and still are not, but the idea of trying to, make that happen and make it work was was one, a challenge in and of itself, dealing with a great subject at a great time of the year to be in the woods. You know, just all that that come together. And the the part of why I like to duck hunt is the communication part, the calling part. You know, you're trying to um, communicate with nature on her terms and her level was something that, that kind of still drives me a good bit today. Yeah, that's,
2: that's always fun to me. Um... Is you can practice all you want, and uh, you know, the, the most recently, the weekend before last, sitting there and uh, got close to a turkey on a limb, and and uh, my wife sat down in front of me a little ways, and I was calling, of course, turkey was answering, and every, everything was great, and uh, and then the, about the time he flew down, a hen from I, evidently, we walked under her because she came from directly behind us, 200 yards back. And just as soon as she started up, I thought, "crap." <laughs> and but, but, the, and she came all the way down there and got with him. And and, and long story short, took him off. But uh, it's always fun to me, or you know, funny to me is uh, it really doesn't matter how much you practice; you're never going to be that. Uh, it's fun to try, and it's fun to be a part of it. But um, you know, and a lot of times, I like getting uh, getting the hen fired up and mad just as much as I do getting the, getting the long beard to gobble. Um, it oh, is, yeah. and it's it, it's fun, and you can, and you to me, I learn a lot more in those situations than I do if it's just me talking to a a a by itself um because I learn what she does to get to him I learn what she says to keep his attention uh obviously i can't compete with with her having feathers and walking right up to him but uh i just i learn a lot more in those kind of situations uh, and i you know I, I really it's frustrating but 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 i enjoy it uh, it's a, it just never it never gets old
3: right uh, you're exactly right. Um, and what you said about learning from from the game, man, I, I don't care what you're doing—ducks, deer, turkeys, any of it—you'll learn more spending time in in their environment, paying attention, than you will from our environment, trying to listen to it. If you got to be there to really get it,
0: how can people not like hunting? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they do, um, but I just—I
0: mean, these little things know. you're talking about. I mean, I you know when you're talking about the hen walking up and whatnot, I mean I literally was was daydreaming while I'm listening to you about a specific hen, you know that walked up you know in my decoys five years ago or whatever it was and was just clucking and carrying on and getting mad and, and getting all fired up and it, it's it's little things like that that you just don't forget that you live you live out in the woods that people are just that don't hunt and miss out on.
3: Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: I, I I'll say this, and Jim, I want to hear your thoughts on this real quick. Mm-hmm. I I think the difference in um the the younger generation of hunters is coming out it, it's all about killing. Mm. And and I know you see it in the in the duck hunting world, and we're talking about the turkey hunting world. But the I think the difference in the generation, you know. Jake talking about visualizing what you were talking about, and I watched too as I was just sitting here listening to you, you know, watching the woods wake up. Uh, you
4: know,
1: even on a duck hunt, we 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 take though a lot a lot of the younger generation just take that for granted because it's all about killing.
3: Yes, sir. Um, hundred percent, and and you're right. It, duck hunt and turkey hunt either one. Be out there watching the world wake up is pretty cool. Um, it's a new day. It's 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 everything is new from here on out for that day. Um, and then two back to what you're saying about the kids. I've seen it with several young folks, folks that that I know well. Some other folks are just around. <clears throat> but you, there there's a how do I say it. There's not the same respect for the game as there once was when I came up. Um, mm-hmm. But are, are you probably any of us for that matter? Um, because it's not taught you know it was taught to us and, and it's probably our fault for not getting that out not trying to teach these young folks the difference you know i know a lot of them i think when when they pull the trigger they just seen a duck blow up in flames on the way to the water a turkey just explode into a gazillion feathers um where there's really more to it than that sure i like to smell gunpowder i like to hear one flop out i'll not deny it but at the same time it's it's everything about that, and then afterwards, it's uh, hanging them up proper on the tree, taking pretty pictures, um, putting them in the freezer. You know, keeping the the, the beard and the spurs as a trophy, um, or even with ducks. Again, hang them up, take nice pictures, take care of them. Don't just sling them in the bottom of the boat. Um, have a little respect for them. Good Lord, give them to us. We got to enjoy them. The best we can do is respect them from from then on out. Um, and, and I think we need to get that message out to our young people. And, and anybody who gets the opportunity to enjoy these great outdoors we have, we need to try to help them understand and respect that so it will continue to be here for us in the future.
0: I think social media, you know, this goes back to the beginning of this conversation, or at least the the podcast about narcissism and self-promotion. I think social media has a lot to do. Why does this always come up in every podcast we talk about? <laughs> I was just,
2: I was just <laughs> about thinking, I was, I was just wow, thinking think. about it. Um,
0: to social media people, it's that narcissism that comes out when you shoot an animal. You know, I think a lot of times these young people, the first thing they think of is, man, I got, you know, I'm going to get on, now I'm going to put my picture on social media and I'm my page is going to blow up, and it's my turn, and me, 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 me. And it's just, a, you know, it's just this perpetual thing that's really got people confused about what we're really supposed to be doing in the woods. I mean, how many people, I bet you, you know, the, the four of us, we could sit here and talk. We'd go back in our, our repertoire of our Rolodex of Memories in the Turkey Woods, and you know, tell each other which bird we think wakes up first in the morning. Is it the cardinal, the chickadee, or the tufted titmouse? If you talk to some kid that's getting fired up on social media hunting for, you know, the narcissistic values, he probably doesn't even pay attention to that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying?
3: You're probably exactly right. Yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. We'll we'll say here's, that. A, here's a classic example of that. I was at a at a spring event here this spring, and I was listening to a contest, um, and been involved in some, of that, especially in the waterfowl world, but also on the turkey side a little bit in an, another life. Um, and, and it was a team event, and I, the, the the premise of what they were doing w- was was demonstrating the world waking up, you know, the sounds you hear of turkey on limb, turkey goblin, and the other sounds that are correlated to that, that you're used to hearing. And, of course, some of this is probably regional. But I made a comment that they started crow calling, and then they started owling. Well, <laughs> I asked guys then, I said, man, how often do you hear owls? You hear How often do you hear crows before you hear owls? I always think <laughs> crows is about fly down time. Yeah, that's and exactly what I was about to say. The old boy looked at me like I had three eyeballs. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I sure always seem to hear the owls before I hear crows, about near every morning. And he thought about it a minute. He said, you know, I think you're right. And I said, well, I kind of think I am too. But the whole point <laughs> here, the whole truth. of people that don't have it. and then, Narcissist. <laughs> if the judges ain't doing it, you know, again, for that game, if the judges aren't recognizing that and making comments, well, then this little boy that's out there going, man, them guys are good. And they, when it comes to their yapping, yep, they was top chef. But this little boy's going to listen to that, and he's going to think maybe that's how it works in the real world. But it don't. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think we've got to do a better job of explaining that.
0: I may but start asking may, questions on my social media. <laughs> um I'm bad, to get, I'm bad to get on my soapbox. Today. Yeah, well, no, no, I mean, I, it's, hear, just, I hear, I hear, Josh's, I hear jo- the steam coming out of Josh's ears right now. I'm <laughs> getting started just, on his generation. I just, yeah, yeah I
2: just I, uh, Jake and Rocky know, and uh, uh, we'll we'll just have a separate phone conversation one day, Jimbo, and I, I just, I, I just have a, I don't know. Look, I. I love I love my generation. Don't get me wrong, but man, uh, it's just like there's no respect anywhere. At, at, at times, I just don't even think it exists anymore. Um, and yes, yeah, social media plays plays into it a lot, uh, but I'm, I just don't think that uh, you know. A perfect example: of what today's Tuesday, Sunday morning. Uh, I got on turkey and and, and caught it up and ended up missing him. And that would absolutely ruin the day of of a lot of people. I just smiled, tip my hat to him, and I'll go hunt him another day. And there's people who just think I'm crazy for saying that. And they're just like, what are, you, what are you talking about?
3: Well, that kind of bugs <laughs> me when I miss one. But I, I, oh, I do it, it pretty regularly. It bugs
2: me. Um, it's the first one I've missed in a long time. But, uh, you know, and, and a comment I made about it was, uh, um, I've, I've made it to a few people, was really I, I was being a little selfish being out there uh, hunting when, when I was. Um, and uh you know and i miss that turkey and it was just kind of you know i just looked at it as mother nature said you didn't have any business being here today um i just uh and and anyway long story short i just uh i just had way too much i i I was blessed to be raised and taught the woods and, and sportsmanship by by some great men and i just don't I don't know where that started getting skipped in in my gender. Of course, I'm 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 28. i uh, but I don't know where that started getting skipped in certain age ranges and generations. But man, it just gets. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I it just, it just you know, it's just, it's like it's not cool if you. You know, if, if you don't have 40 mileage on the front of a boat or you're not holding up a 150-inch deer, it's just like it's not cool anymore. Well, right. And who cares, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm sitting here looking God, at a, a six-point on my wall, and I'm just as proud of him as I am the 160-inch deer next to it. I don't, you know, he's a big deer. I loved him and proud to bring you home, you know. And and that's another thing that drives me nuts, too, but the turkey hunting side of things is it's turned into a uh, – a trophy turkey's not cool unless he's got an inch and a quarter or an inch and, inch and a half spurs. And man, that's that, that's that's one of the beautiful things about turkey hunting is who cares if he's if he's a two year old, he's a two year old. If He's a four year old, four year
0: old. in the fryer just the same.
2: <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, I could definitely go on for <laughs> for hours no, I'm about
3: with
2: you. Now, granted,
3: I really like that You know. see him big long hooks on 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 a long beard, and that's cool. But but a goblin strutting two year old with a full fan a big full fluffy beard, I get tickled just as much at him as I do old big daddy. Absolutely, oh, big daddy fun, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. How Did many seasons you have you wasted where you get on one old big turkey that's just kicking your butt, but you keep hunting him every day instead of when you really ought to leave him and go find another one? <laughs> you know
2: that was another oh, story I, I
3: got on with somebody not too long ago.
2: Was and I said, well, are you not going? Uh, go back in there after that turkey, or whatever. I said no. I I hunted him, you know, two or three days there, and that's about all I'm gonna give him for now. I, I may go back after him in a couple of weeks, and but I have definitely done that. Spent, you let one get under my skin, opening day or opening weekend, and be middle of April before I even see him again. Much less have opportunity to <laughs> to kill him and uh, or not kill him. Yeah, I've I've, I've been there plenty times. Yes. Sir.
0: I yes, did it last year on a Nebraska bird that was, he was so, he's one of the whitest Marian's I've ever seen in my life. And I was determined, bound and determined to kill that turkey with a bow. And I had him in I had him within 15 yards like three times last year, but he was always behind me. And I, you know, you just can't get turned around with a bow. It's just a completely different game. And I kept chasing him. I ended up not even killing a turkey last year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's a lot of that happening. But it's, it's certainly a fun game, and I'm I, I'm looking forward to the next time I get to go.
0: Absolutely. I was just getting ready to say we should ch- turn this into a positive conversation. I was going to ask you guys, do you all remember your – I mean, I remember vividly my very first turkey, what happened, in the whole story. Do you all remember your first turkey?
2: Oh, absolutely. hmm absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I, Almost play never... by play. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I, I remember it very clear. Go ahead, Jimbo.
3: Oh, I, mine. I was how uh, I was nine, ten, eleven years old, something like that. And I remember we'd been hunting and got on this turkey in the morning, and he hit the ground following hens, and we took off following him. You know, and I was a little short, fat kid, and walked up down them hills, but I kept going, and I could call a little bit, and we just stayed with him, stayed with him, and finally got on the ridge and. He probably got done with his hands and was uh, starting to come back here. What the racket was about? But I was laying down in a patch of my apples, and I, and I could hear this thing coming. And of course, Dad was with me, but I hear this thing coming. I couldn't see, and he. All I was like, "Here, was, be still, be still, keep your head down, keep your head down, be still." And I could, and I thought I was fixing to get attacked. And he, Daddy said, "Okay, ease up and shoot him." And I and I, he was right there. All I seen was this big black thing all puffed up there and I just throw my gun up and shot and I got him. But all man, we set on we said to that turkey like six or seven different times that morning from one set up to another and called up hens and he kept going just never got right. But once we got where we needed to be, it was unbelievable. But I can remember those sounds. I can, I can still hear that turkey's footsteps walking in the leaves. I can hear him drumming so loud it felt like the inside of my head was going to explode and, and I, to this day that sound is just amazing to me um hearing one drum it's just everything about it man i i like it happened yesterday josh yeah that's what i was going to say i
2: was i was 10 um i still have that polaroid picture of me that i can't remember the name of the Was a little store there right outside savannah tennessee uh it's not there anymore but anyway it's a little hunting store and that guy was still still had a polaroid and we take everybody's you know picture and give it to you before you left and <laughs> i still have that um but uh but no i mean we we set up um like i said i was 10 and uh, my granddad me and my granddad hunted a bunch still do get to hunt together a bunch but uh we said right in the edge of a little pasture, and the turkeys were actually roosted on the ridge above us was knew where they had roosted. And uh, they gobbled good on a limb, and they flew down and shut up. And, you know, he was, uh, I had gone with him for a few years before that. Uh, so he, you know, been able to explain to me. Sometimes they get hinned up. Sometimes, you know, this and that happens. But anyway, the morning carried on, and, and nothing happened. The birds got quiet and about. Eight fifteen or so sitting right on the fence line in a gap in the fence and about 20 hens and three or four jakes i I was sitting right up next to the fence i actually had my back against the fence and and i looked to my right well here comes it was 18 or 20 hens and three or four jakes and i remember telling papa i said they're right here and they're they're, they're going to walk through this gap well they for whatever reason we i still to this day have never figured out why uh, and I'm talking about the gap in the fence was, you know, being able to drive a track or a combine through. Because, you know, the guy that farmed the field next to it, that's how he got there. So it, it wasn't like it was a narrow spot. For whatever reason, they, all of them, hopped over the fence. No clue why. Literally knocked my granddad's hat and face mask off. He was, he he threw his hand up real quick to cover his face. Uh, I mean, that's, and uh, and they lit right there. We had two hand decoys out, and, or a Jake and a hand decoy out. And they lit right there in the in the decoys and you know 15 20 yards and like i said, still have no reason why that happened but uh no big gobblers with them and we were looking on when we were talking about whether or not i was going to maybe shoot one of the jakes and they were just a whole lot of turkeys there i couldn't get a clear shot anyway and then after this went on for a couple minutes my granddad said get your gun up and i said okay and he could see farther up the hill than i could up over the ridge where the turkeys had been roosted that morning and uh well one of the longbeards that was up there we didn't know was up there saw those jakes down there and he comes running and I never forget he said he's running he's running he said just make sure he's stopped when you shoot him well I still haven't seen him and then finally into into my peripheral just a you know a big black Volkswagen Beetle comes running through <laughs> I mean just right through the middle of all of it and scatter and the, the Jake's kind of run off, and he's just standing there, full strut. And uh, and he said, "Whenever you're ready." And I and I can still—I mean, I, I still can feel my finger taking the safety off. It was it was that that Browning A five I've got in the safe right now, uh, cool. you know. And I, when I threw the safety off, and I put the B, don't even squeeze the trigger, and everything went just black. And I didn't know what happened. Well, what had happened? That was the first time I had ever shot a double x turkey load and it rolled me backwards into that barbed wire fence and of course my granddad (laughs) grab grabbed me come on come on and my back was all i mean they tore my shirt to pieces and uh but anyway uh got out there to him and he was he's still to this day one of the biggest turkeys i've ever killed but man i never i never will forget that um and i've hunted you know we hunted that place for years and years and I've never seen turkeys hop that fence the way they did. I've never had a gobbler come down that hill the way that way. I mean, just everything happened so specific to that morning. Um, I, it was just that was a special, special day. And I've I've been fortunate to kill a lot of them, but I never will forget that one. Uh, I just I just never will.
3: That's that's the good Rocking. stuff. Is memories.
0: No doubt. <clears throat> I remember and my first. To, go ahead, Rocky. You go. You go right ahead. I'm
1: just gonna say this. My first turkey was. I was hunting with two guys, and they. They they got a little selfish in their ways. They pointed me in the wrong direction of the turkeys, which way they were coming. They said, <laughs> oh, he just he's gonna come across that creek right over there. You, you use point your gun that way. He's coming. Well, the turkey ended up coming behind us, of course, to the way that they're pointing their guns. And those sapstruckers shot six times. And I don't know if they hit it any of those times, but they ran out of bullets. <laughs> I'd jump up as they're shooting and turn around, and they they emptied their guns, and I finished the bird off. And that, that was my first turkey.
0: That is hilarious. I remember my first turkey. I had never been turkey hunting before. I was 15 years old, and I still couldn't drive. So my dad, I mean, I, hunt, I was an avid hunter since I was three, but I'd just never been turkey hunting before because there wasn't that many turkeys back then. And we had—we were fortunate to have some on our, on our property, and I talked my dad into dropping me off, and I had a lynch box call. I had a wing bone yelper made by uh, Lovett Williams, and I had a book in my backpack called How to Turkey Hunt by Ben Rogers Lee in a in a big old Rayovac flashlight. Ah! And my dad dropped me my dad dropped me off and I really didn't know what to do. I had, you know, read some of the book, but not enough to where I could leave the book at home to understand what to do. And so my dad drops me off. It's still dark and of course I'm kinda of scared of the dark as it is, so I was standing there by myself and I remember an owl hooting, like you were talking about earlier jimbo and these freaking turkeys i don't even know i didn't know how many there were at the time but multiple gobbles went off at the same time and my eyes probably looked like owl eyes at that point because i went holy crap that was real and so i took off running down towards the gobbles and i opened my book i turned my flashlight off on you know i was trying to figure out what to do next <laughs> And so I followed, I, I'm follow. i literally reading this book while I'm walking through the woods. These turkeys are fired up, and there was, you know, I thought two or three or four of them. I finally got one ridge before the you Hold on,
1: you're, re- you're, you're reading a
0: book going through the I'm woods? I'm reading. Walking through
1: the
3: woods. Reading, I've got a good visual I'm, of that. I'm <laughs> reading. I'm literally
0: standing behind big trees so my light's not shining through the woods. I'm, I'm telling you, this is the truth. And so I get to the ridge prior to their roost, and I remember reading it, reading a little section in the book that said, don't get too close to them. So I literally just sat down right there, and I started uh, making some tree ups, just following Ben Rogers' lead through the whole process from chapter one to, you know, to wherever it took me. And man, those turkeys hit the ground, and they just went silent. And I thought, oh man, I done messed this up. And then, about whatever it was, two or three minutes later, I could hear him drumming. And I thought, I'd never heard that sound before. And I was like, what is that sound? That is just the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And all of a sudden, they all just lit up and it was bow, 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 bow. And then I saw these redheads popping up over the top of the ridge. And I had no decoys out because I didn't even, I don't even know if decoys existed then. Maybe they did. I just didn't have one. And they walked up in front of me looking for this hand that was making this you know the, the yelps that i was making out of the box call and i will never forget all six of there were six longbeards and they went off all at the same time and just doggone near blew my hat off and i just remember thinking holy mackerel that is the loudest thing i've ever heard and you could literally feel the vibration of their gobbles you know in your body i mean in your soul And, man, I put my bead on, you know, right on the neck uh, of one of them. His neck was the tallest. And I, boom, I shot him. And, And, you know, the smoke cleared and this turkey's flopping and the leaves are flying and all these other gobblers took off and flew off the ridge. And I was just sitting there. And I remember looking at that turkey flopping, going, "Oh my gosh, I just killed one! I can't believe I just killed one!" <laughs> and I will, and I, and and from that point forward, I was completely addicted to that that go, that that thundering gobble that just vibrated through your whole body. It was just a, I mean, I could not have, I've probably never had a turkey hunt like that since. <laughs>
1: That's one and of the best never ones I've ever heard. Look, yeah, y'all yeah, okay. When we go back and people listen to this podcast, if you hear somebody kind of huffing in the background as Jake's telling that story, that's me laughing.
2: <laughs> I've never. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just what a great visual,
3: you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, him, I got the balls yeah. with him walking through the woods, page twenty five. That's
0: exactly what I was doing.
3: Turkey gobbles on limb. Turkey gobbles on limb. Don't get too close. Put it down. It's for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. I specifically <laughs> remember <laughs> reading, what don't,
0: don't get too close. Get as close as you can, but don't get too close. And I remember thinking, Okay, I must be close enough because they sound like they are right there.
3: <laughs> yeah. Dang Skippy, you did good. You did good. Oh, you my mentioned speak for so proud of me. Oh man. Why wouldn't you be?
0: See that was that was before Google. I mean, I'm look. I'm, I've got a flashlight in one hand, a book in another hand, my gun under my arm, and literally that was like <laughs> primitive Google. You know what I'm saying?
2: I think it's awesome.
0: And then, and and I know
2: which I've I've heard you tell that story before too. And it was, I mean, you had like a couple of hours before your dad came back to get you, right?
0: Exactly. Yep. I remember the ants. The ants, I had my turkey on the ground. I just kept looking at it, playing with his feathers and looking at his head, thinking, man, he's really pretty, but he's really ugly. And (laughs) I remember, and then I remember when my dad got there, I picked him up, and the ants had got all over him. I was so disappointed because, you know, there was ants all over him, and I didn't know if I was going to get to eat him or not because there was ants on him. And my dad said, yeah, don't let that bother you. And, of course, that was... You know, my dad was old school, so I had to, I plucked that turkey hole, and I forget how we cooked him, but I think, my you know, my dad had my mom roast him up, and we had Thanksgiving dinner in April. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that at all.
1: I, you know, going back earlier what you were talking about, Jimbo, talking about Ronnie Jolly, man, you know, all of us, that because we've had multiple, multiple conversations talking about that, about the old truth series videos and, uh, those videos. And that's, that's, I was just sitting there and listening in amazement because as a kid watching those videos, man, that, that was a big deal.
3: Back then uh, it was uh, easy. Um, I, you know, I never was, I was behind the scenes running cameras on, um, but I'm like, yeah, I can remember watching them and looking forward to it every year when it come out or, be talking to guys, hey man, what's happening, where you at, what's going on, and and just being a part behind the scenes, or, a couple times I was the trigger man, and the turkey didn't do right, so it didn't make the cut, you know, and um, it didn't matter, you know, just being a part and having the opportunity to learn, and of course I had been hunting quite a bit by then, um, growing up doing it, but having the opportunity to learn, be around some of those guys was a, a great way to... I guess expand my horizons, you know, and my dad was a good turkey hunter, still is, and I learned a lot from him, traipsing around the woods, but when you get to get around somebody else and get other ideas and philosophies, I think it helps round you a little bit, you know, uh, and then looking back, gosh, people missing out on what that was all about back in the day.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of, that, that whole series kind of set the path for, Set the path for the outdoor channel and TV, and and what you're seeing today. You know, with you know, Mossy Oak and what and Primos, what they did. were and uh, Jake, what's the other one you and Josh talk about all the time? Um, kind of were the pioneers into that that TV, TV days of, uh, you know, whether it be on T N N or ESPN, and you know, yeah, hey, man, the, I miss the, the days of T
2: N N. And, mm-hmm. and you know the thing, the big thing about about then, and I'm not taking anything away from from shows today, because um, there are some that that are still that way. But man, every show back then, whether it was hunting, fishing, whatever it was, it was about the animals. Uh, it was about uh, it was about that respect. Um, yes, good point. And you know it, it it was, and that's what made it that's what made it good. I mean, that's what made it. Uh, you know, it didn't matter if they killed one or not. You, you you learn something. And if and if you uh if you didn't hunt, you were able to watch that and get a good understanding of why people did. But nowadays you, you know, that's that's what worries me about so much T V and stuff today, um, is because man if people people who don't hunt, am not saying they're against hunting, but if they don't hunt were to turn on some of these some of these shows it just looks like a bloodbath every time you go out there, and and let's go see how many we can stack up somewhere. And it's just not a well, there's no there's no respect in it. And I, I mean, I there's can, definitely shows that that are respectful. Don't get me wrong. I got a lot of friends in the industry that are that are a part of them, but um, yeah, you know, that that just worries me because there's there's tons of people who who don't hunt. They're not necessarily against it, but they just don't. It just you know it just doesn't fit their and fit their bill, and that's fine but but i still want those people to support it to to understand it um you know to to try to understand why why we do it
3: hmm no i'm with you on that um you know thinking back i can remember you think about some of the murder video hunts and tnn days and whatnot guy go to a turkey setup or even some. we did some turkey shows on rntv right after we got started first couple years we were in the tv business Give me my dream to come true. Got the duck hunt all winter and then get in the truck and turkey hunt all spring, running the camera. But even and that's not been that terrible long ago, really, in the big picture things. You know, we're fixing to start our 12th season. But where I'm going with that is kind of back to what you were saying. We'd go do a hunt, and, and you'd show from getting out of the truck, you'd striking the turkey, finding the turkey, walking, um, working the bird, you know, and he's over here maybe have some have a little vo or whispering or whatnot and you'd spend a segment or a good bit of time on one bird um maybe if you killed two birds in a 30 minute show that was quite a bit and nowadays i mean you watch something modern they've killed for a variety of reasons not not that it's all bad but it's they you know they've shot five six seven eight turkeys now they've got five six seven eight crews in the field too um but that's how things have changed i think People it has to move faster too for people to sit and watch mm-hmm. nowadays. It's the rest of the world around us goes faster. But to your point, yeah. you know, it, back in back in you know you could get a lot of mileage out of one turkey. And it, boy, if that sucker jumped mm-hmm. up on a log and spin circles on one leg, you'd really be good. Now, um, <laughs> nowadays, yeah. nowadays you, you you better have five or six of them, you know. And we're not in we don't do turkey TV anymore.
0: And in, in a way, I
3: like that. Um, Cost me a little field time, but. Now, turkeys can just be for fun. Um, but that said, I think you're exactly right. I think things, everybody thinks it has to move faster <clears throat> because of the way they see it on TV. And we're probably guilty of that also somewhat on the waterfowl side. But I like to let it breathe, kind of show it how it really happens. But I think back to what we was talking earlier about some of the younger folks, they see the way it happens on video or television or, or on their uh, digital platform. And it's con- that time is condensed down to whatever it's a. If it's a ten-minute piece, fifteen-minute piece, five-minute piece, whatever it is, everything happened within that piece of time that they see watching, not experiencing. And it takes them a while to understand that you got to get out there and live it. That it doesn't always happen in five minutes or ten minutes or fifteen minutes. Sometimes it takes longer, you know. And and I think that carries, you know, the fact that they see it happen here fast. Well, maybe it's supposed to happen like that in the woods. I don't know, thinking out loud on that one. No,
2: you're right. You know, something, one thing that, uh, that
3: that bothers me the most
2: about, especially turkey hunting shows nowadays, and, and I know that this is not applicable everywhere because they're not everywhere, but it, it bugs me to my core that if I turn on a turkey hunting show, no matter what show it is, and they're hunting anywhere in the south, southeast, uh, you don't hear a whippoorwill anymore on a turkey hunting
3: TV show, and
2: that drives me mm-hmm.
3: nuts. I agree that's a good one right there
2: that drives me nuts um because I, I would I'd rather go hear a a whip wheel uh than anything i mean and and you just those but those little things um those are the things that are that are cut out of a lot of t v nowadays because it's not it's not action i guess it's it's exactly
3: the it's, it's to hurry up and pull the trigger or release the arrow you know yeah rather than show the hunt and I know there's a balance there, you know we're I get that, but back to we was talking earlier about the contest, guys were crow calling for those owl Well, why not have some whippoorwills there first, you know, and then hear old yeah. cardinal, you know, old cow buttering in mm-hmm. the pasture, you know,
4: just <laughs> the yeah.
3: things you hear that, that pull it all together. And, and it's those sights, sounds, smells that bring us back every spring to do those same things. Hey, look, I, I wonder if you.
1: This question's for Jake and, and Jimbo. I want to ask y'all something, because this, this came up with somebody I was talking with early this morning. Because of where, in talking about TV, where we are in how we consume outdoor television, now, I'm not going to let you get away from here, Jimbo, without asking you this. How far are we away from not having an outdoor channel at all? and going where where these (laughs) companies are going to go total
3: social media with their videos.
0: Oh, we never talk about this, do we, Jimbo? (laughs) No,
3: no. no, The funny part there, Josh, it's a great question, but I can tell you, I can promise you this. Jake and I have been bannering that conversation weekly for about the past year and a half, you know, and how to to go about it. Here's the reason
1: I ask you. Let me let me just end with the, the reason I ask that is because if I'm a sponsor, my I, I realize that those advertising dollars are not getting well spent sponsoring a TV show that not a lot of people are watching for the cost that it costs to run a TV show.
3: You, you get what I'm saying? Oh, yes, sir, 100%. Um, <laughs> and, and as the producer of RNTV, the guy that's trying to be kind of in front of that, as it's my job um, here for the folks I work with and for um, to try to try to be in front of that, you know, and, and I think our show, we do pretty well. We've got a decent show in the waterfowl world. I'm proud of RNTV. That being said, we I wonder that every day, and I just, i not going to get into them. While Jake was gone, I got a bunch of new TV numbers this past week, Friday afternoon. Um, We got to see some really good performance numbers. But there's a point in time where what you're talking about is happening. Now, when is that going to be? I don't know. But you sure see a lot of it. The transition's beginning now. Um, The Outdoor Sportsman Group with MOTV.com, My Outdoor TV, um, it's a subscription-based deal for everything that's on Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network. Um you see Carbon T V, Waypoint T V. Um, I think there's even another one or two now where you can you, you build it, put it on there, and, and people watch it. And there's sponsors paying money for that and it's the analytics are there to follow it. Um, probably better than it is on television. Um to answer your question, I don't know. Um there's some things T V has working for it that's that's gonna help for a little bit now. I don't know when. But but I think it's happening. I do think it's happening. Don't know when. J- Jake may have other opinions.
0: No, I I mean we talk about this a lot, Jim. And I think you know you look at, looking ahead and you try to visualize what you have to do to to you know capitalize on whatever platform is going to you know dominate um, the, your viewership. I think and and again, Jim and I have talked about this many times. I think. Television isn't going anywhere. Not that it, it it's as important or as visible, visibly exposed as it used to be, because of the dominance of social media and digital platforming. But when you go to television, I think in the future what you're going to see is that the very best, the very best productions are the ones that are going to exist on television and everyone else um, that don't that won't make that cut will have to uh market themselves on social media platforms or digital platforms because that's where they are sponsors are going to spend continue to spend money on television but again you know they have to spend their money on the highest quality production values because those are the only ones that are going to survive on television because there's so many people with DSLRs, you know, shooting, um, uh, you know, not. I'm, I'm not going to bash anyone and say it's low quality video, but it is. A lot of it is. Some of it's great, but they 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 don't have the equipment, the technology, or the experience and knowledge to be able to produce super high quality uh, production values. And I think that's probably you know the difference between um, looking forward television. and and its place in viewership and social media platforms. What Uh, do you think about that, Jimbo?
3: Yeah, I'm going to pick up on that a little bit, um, on a couple of different things there that that I think are pertinent to this conversation. One, TV is still relatively strong. Um, The digital platform is another screen. It's another outlet. Um, If you think we weren't around back then, if you think when, you know, movies came out, Way back when you go watch a black-and-white movie, um, that was like, wow, people can go see things. Then you had radio, then radio and TV, and radio kind of, uh, and I listen to it a lot. On serious Radio, there's a station, you can listen to all the old radio shows, and it's pretty cool to hear the sound effects they make to keep you involved. Anyway, radio kind of fell away a little bit to TV, but now radio's coming back. What we're doing right here, podcast, is very similar to old radio shows. So that's kind of come back. Um, and you take tv the digital platform and hollywood movies everything's another outlet so i think that's going to continue Mm -hmm. to be there i think tv for us that's producers have going to have to find a way to engage our sponsors and engage the viewers better how can we pull the viewer in Um, Viewer numbers is everything and to a lot of sponsors sales can they can they parlay that into a sale? Can they, or is it just totally brand recognition? Either way, it, it, it's about that. So I've got to figure out how to keep TV alive and add the digital platform until you kind of get to the point where you can either you can safely make that decision to either go, okay, well we're done with TV, we're going digital, or if you continue to do bigger and better because TV does still get more attention. There's more people, uh, if you pick up back to print. Print advertises television. Television advertises print. Social media supports both. So mm-hmm. if you can keep TV doing well to where print is promoting outdoor television and social media is promoting outdoor television alongside showing the same stuff, it comes back to production quality, which I was going to get to back in the day as we were just talking about. Content overrode quality every time. If you had an old gob coming in or two or three of them and they jumped up on a stump, did two somersaults, and spun on one leg and landed on top of a hen and then you shot his head off, that content, maybe it had been grainy, maybe it was shot on VHS instead of high eight, but that content overrode a guy that was shooting on film because he just had a pretty picture of water running down a creek and the dogwood in full bloom. But to the sportsman, the content of what those birds were doing carried weight. That that put it over the top. And nowadays, you got so many people that they're good in the woods, they're good videographers, they're good still photographers. They can get themselves put in the right places. Along with it. improvements in quality nowadays, content production quality has to be equal across the board. Not only does it have to look good, the action has to be strong. And I think that's what's driven everything to move faster. You miss some of the nuances of the hunt because they're trying to be in a hurry to keep that content strong. Now, that's up to us to tell the viewer what is good content. Like Josh and I, you were just mentioning, you miss the whippoorwills, the owls hollering, you know, hearing a turkey gobble in the distance and going to set to him on the limb. We need, that. that's to me, that's the show, that's the story, rather than, oh, okay, I heard him gobble, the next thing you see, turkey's on the ground, and guy's cutting hard, and, pat, 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 pat. and here he is, you know, you miss that in between. So if we can increase our production quality to show that, our bunch of ducks in the woods, or however it may be, if it looks good, sounds good, feels good, who knows, we may have smell-o-vision one day, if you can get all that in one place, you're going to get the most viewers. Did that answer anything
1: at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was a great answer. And and, and kind of what I was going at, Jimbo, I don't know. if We asked Jake if he had seen, have you seen this new guy in Tur- since we're talking about turkey? And have you seen the yawk yawk guy? Have you seen this
3: guy? I've not I did see something on social media. So yawk, yawk, the guy sitting there with a turkey bang, but I didn't watch it. I didn't click on it.
1: Well, this
2: guy. We had him. Yeah, we Yeah, he he just lives about two hours from from me here in Mississippi, but but him yeah, he's hilarious. Um, well, look, I'm I mean, gonna, the thing about it is he's time, getting
1: he's getting five hundred thousand to a million views
2: now. Yeah, I, to me, I was just if, looking at the video he put up last night is already oh, two or three hundred thousand. um If I, if, I, if I was a
1: sponsor and I, and I need to get a product out there. You better believe I'm calling him up and saying, look, here's some product and here's a thousand bucks. Put it in your next video because you're going to put that in front of 500,000 eyes, 500,000 pair of eyes. And that's kind of the point that I was leading into. You know, there's some things going on online that, man, from a a sponsor standpoint, you can really get in front of a lot of eyes and in front of some great content going back to what you said
3: here's with that now I'm not to get totally away from it do do y'all think that there's a credibility there that, that okay that play? was my that that's I, my I question not not not, not just
2: not just with with, with David and the y'all videos but 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 with a lot of it is there anything tangible to connect to there that that's so, always been one of my big questions I have I mean, wanted to ask tons of of uh marketing people, I'm a marketing guy that's something I've always wanted to ask is you know to to companies is um yes, okay, I understand they have whatever forty thousand Instagram followers, whatever it may
3: be, but is there really something tangible there right, and that was kind of my point on with as print and social promote t v and then t v the the full circle. There is something I think still for now with, with outdoor television, whether it's outdoor, sportsmen, or whoever it is, there is a little bit of credibility there. Whether you paid your way or not, there's still a little extra credibility because it's being aired, broadcast through a network. But I think that will into change as technology changes, also. Back to the I yacht, think, yacht. Let
0: me let me ask, let me ask you this, Jimbo. There's two things. One is high-quality, like super high-quality, when someone just produces something that is absolutely mind-boggling, then perhaps if a network, if if, the, if, the, if that production company or producer sold it right, perhaps they would go to a network and and sign a contract with them to keep it exclusively on television so that it wouldn't go to social media platforms or digital platforms and the television would have exclusive rights to it, then they would build social media uh, marketing promotions for it, use the social media to get the eyes turned towards the television, and then have that be the only place you can see it, so you have to go there to watch it. I mean, that to me is where that's the power of, say, television networks that have you know, sponsorship dollars paper things like that to keep it exclusive to television.
3: Agreed. I, I think that's you just said it better than I did, but I think that's what's gonna to have to keep T V alive. Um mm-hmm. back to the original question Josh proposed is how long will it be? And I, I while we were sitting here talking I had to I had to type him up here. Um, here's a one put up seventeen hours ago. Wait a minute, looked the wrong one. April first, six hundred and forty eight thousand views in seven days. That's pretty so strong.
0: That and that so your what your question was, Rocky, um, if I if I recall now, it's been a few minutes, but um is is sponsors should be drooling over that. Well, we've talked about specific environments and target environments. In in a microcosm of of the marketing world, and so someone like you know, if if some goofball's out there getting going viral every week or every two weeks because he's crazy and he does you know stupid stuff on on social media and everyone's just sort of trending towards him, that doesn't mean some you know that 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 just say Sitka Gear is going to go jump on that wagon because there's so many eyes. Come into that guy's social media platform because they're targeting a completely different audience, a different sort of culture within the culture. Whereas someone no, no. like like no no no, no. I, hey, game toss.
1: Yeah, I wasn't I, talking about the major companies. I'm talking about people that, let's say, a cooler company that goes and they just want to be a secondary sponsor to a show. You know, at the end of the broadcast, that this this part of the broadcast. Was brought to you by uh, whatever coolers, whatever it may be, and you know it cost them ten thousand dollars to be in that spot. Well, you know I would. To me, we live in a world of short-term memory. Even if that guy goes off the deep end, I don't believe y'all you would. He's a great Christian guy. But what I'm saying is, there's a for for sponsors. To put your product in front of eyes, there are some great places to put your stuff in front of people's eyes and getting more bang for your buck.
3: hmm
1: Sure. A lot of it's free. Yeah.
3: Hey, will you do me Give, a favor get... and stay away from any of my sponsors?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you y'all are rock solid. Everybody knows that. I'm talking about I'm talking about some of these secondary shows that, you know, the I'm not talking about you know because y'all are the number one waterfowl show out there. I- I'm talking about that the, these these other secondary shows, you know, for people no, that I, are sponsoring to that show to be on TV. There's a lot of other places that they could be. Gosh, get more bang for their buck.
3: <clears throat> oh yeah, there's and and you hear that they're talking about that for sure. Um
0: i mean it's happening right now
3: yeah that's that's i get in that conversation weekly pretty much
0: every good-looking chick and nothing against them god bless them but every good-looking chick wearing camo that's holding a gun has got a lot of power in their hands right now on their social media platforms because there's a lot of eyes going to those pages and and Sponsors and advertisers and marketers are are zoned in on that, and it is happening right now as we speak. There's some girl getting a sponsor right now while we're sitting here talking about it.
1: And you're really what? trying to get Josh fired up today. Yeah,
2: no, not today. <laughs> uh, not today. Well, there's nothing but wrong yeah, with it. It is what it is. That's right. It is what it is. I'm not going to dive on makes it. the
3: world go around, you know. Uh, Josh, you tell us. Here, I'm gonna flip it around on you. From from Jake and I's seat, and you as a as a outdoorsman and and somebody involved in the industry here with with Rocky. What's what's your thoughts? What's you and all your buddies? I mean, there's a little bit of age difference between us. So, what's your buddy? What do y'all watch? What do y'all pay attention to?
2: As far as far as tv shows go i watch very little outdoor television anymore not because jake is on here but but because it is highly entertaining i watch i'm glued to my phone every time there is a Bassmaster elite series now because it's live and fishing went through jake and i had this conversation not too long ago it's hard to make fishing fun to watch but that is fun to watch (laughs) but it's that it has a viral effect it's live i can watch it on my phone i i, I mean be completely honest jake what did i do sunday morning you were you were filming uh the tournament live and i snapped a picture of me doing what i was in the freaking woods waiting on turkey woods, to gobble. i was watching i was watching brandy you know Ballinette catching fish yeah <laughs> so you know I, I, so that's what that's what i was doing and then well, that, that's a good excuse. That's why I missed, because I had my mind on Jake and Brandon Polinick and that's why I missed the turkey like an hour and a half after that. But, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but th- those kind of things, as, as far as TV goes, I record all of Primo's turkey hunting shows, and I watch them. You know, I, when I get two or three of them built up, I watch them, DVR. <laughs> that's about all the hunting. I watch some of uh, Jim Chucky stuff, and, and really that's about it. The, I like what I like the new little digital series Mossy Oak has started. I think they've got their third little installment coming out today. Actually, I like it, but that's uh, I, that's just being a product of this generation, really. Uh, it's being it's having things like that. I mean, really forced on me. Um, I like uh, you know eight, ten, twelve minute videos. The thing I like about Mossy Oak what they're doing in this one is it's still high quality production, it's still about the entire deal. Leaving the house all the way into getting back to the house, uh, type deal. Everything that happens. Um, they're just doing it in a smaller scale. Um mm-hmm. but uh you know in a eight, ten, twelve minute webisode type deal. But it's uh it's awesome to see. I I'm I'm drawn to more things like that. Uh I mean if you gave me the choice, no, I'd I'd sit down and, and put in um, all of the the original Hunt in the country and and monster buck VHSs because I still have a TV that plays VHS tapes just for that. <laughs> um, I, I would I'd go sit in the room and, and watch that. But you know that's the kind of I don't pay a whole lot of attention to because I question the the credibility and the tangibility of a lot of quote unquote Instagram and Facebook stars, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. It doesn't really bother me if somebody has fifteen, twenty, forty, whatever thousand followers. That that doesn't so what happens a lot of times is they what happens a lot of times is they're taking they're taking cool pictures with products but they they spend more time doing that than they do using 'em. Mm hmm. Uh, and that that, bothers I wonder, that doesn't bother a lot yeah. of my generation, but it bothers me. You know, uh, I, I, a big, big misconception that I wish I could walk around with a T-shirt that said it in front of thousands of people every day is the term pro and pro
3: staff does not mean professional. <laughs> Amen on that. Hey, that's been going on. <laughs> Amen. That,
0: but, Go, that goes so, back to the old, even even back in the 80s, back when we were all kids, Walking into a gas station. This is before convenience stores even existed. You walk into a gas station, you go to the bathroom, this dirty old nasty bathroom with grease all over the door handle. You walk in, flip the light on, the first thing you see is either a turtle wax calendar or a snap on tools calendar or something like that. And it's got these girls, you know, standing over a a hot rod engine with the hood up in a bikini and like she's a mechanic. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what's going on now in the outdoor world. It's a matter of turning head. How many times have you seen a girl holding a shotgun, and that you can even remember what kind of shotgun it was? I mean, were you really looking at that shotgun?
2: Yeah,
0: uh, I know. Um,
2: and and look, <laughs> well, Jimbo, you don't you don't know my beautiful, soft-spoken wife, but Jake and Rocky both do. And you want to get somebody fired up about about this kind of stuff? It is it is Katie. Uh, she man, it drives her nut. Um, it just it just does. It drives drives her crazy um, to see to see that to see exactly what you're talking about. Today. Um, has that has that individual ever even pulled the trigger on a shotgun? Who knows? Mm-hmm. No, I, you
3: know?
2: I'm with you um, there.
3: But just it and, sounded like. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish it.
2: No, no, no. I'm and I'm not being. Exist or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just saying, there's just a lot of, I, there's just a lot of questions. And, and you know, really, as far as a generation is concerned, I'm probably not the best one to ask because I'm a, I'm an old soul. <laughs> I don't,
3: uh, you know. It's, uh, so. uh,
2: I, I just am.
3: Well, well, kind of one of the things I got from your conversation there. Of course, I hated you didn't mention RNTV, but that's okay. Um, no, that, <laughs> no, that was a joke. it's because but, I don't I don't get the
2: channel it comes on. So well, there, have, that's a good I reason. Have that excuse, there you I have go. That excuse, but, the, but the the thing really I don't.
3: noticed the 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 thing I noticed that you said that that, that I got from that is you just because some Yahoo had four hundred thousand likes that didn't necessarily draw you to that person. You were seemed to be more drawn to stuff like Mossy Oak was doing or or some of the other companies were doing that you knew. And trusted to be the real deal. It's kind That's of like that. That's right, and you know, think.
2: and when and and um, you know,
3: like I said, we had David Ellis
2: on the on the podcast last week. And if you know the people who listened to it, or whoever listened to it, you know, from, from this point forward, if you listen to it, you realize uh, we didn't, really didn't talk that much about about the videos. We we really didn't. Um, he's the one who does the the, the yacht videos. He, and and the thing was it wasn't really me and rocky asking questions to get him away from it uh he talked himself about about how important it is to take a platform that he didn't ask for but he is using it to spread love of god he's using it to spread positivity in the outdoors and and he brought that up in conversation and i was uh i mean i i was i was proud to proud to know him um by the the pocket right. because um you know it wasn't a, yeah I do this, it's funny, blah, blah, blah. No, it it was nothing like that. And that's a rare find in a lot of the things on social media today. Um so, you know, in a way I kinda of, you know, stick up for him in that but there's a you know, there's a human side that I think if it was uncovered more often <laughs> there 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 wouldn't be the 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 following some people have, but but you know whatever it, it's it is what it is. I mean, look, social media is not going to stop, uh, so um, you know it's just all we can do to to try to keep a a, a positive uh, note, you know, uh, uh, keep it keep it pointed positive. I guess is the best way to say it. I probably
0: no different. You know, the, the level of change is probably similar to, or at least parallel to when. We just had four networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS when we were growing up. And then when cable came out or when the big satellite dishes came out, then all of a sudden it was like all these other networks came on television. And that was kind of like what social media has done, you know, just sort of it it, it spread everything so thin and everyone's sort of jockeying for position to see you know who's who and what's what, and eventually it'll it'll shake itself- you know it'll weed itself out and everything'll settle in to where it's supposed to be and then it'll just be part of our lives like normal and kids don't even know the difference anyway now anyway right
2: no um uh you know my wife is a dental hygienist, and there was a kid. Uh, I can't remember how old she said she, it was. Well, the you know, kid was, but anyway, a kid came in the dental office the other day, and in the bay, one of the little back rooms, there was a landline telephone, and the kid had no clue. Like it was a robot to that to that kid. I mean, <laughs> the kid had no no idea, you know. But I mean, ever since I've been, I was. I mean, you yeah, know, I mean that that hadn't been that long ago when landlines, you know, stuff like that, is, you know. get Got kind of phased out, and and you know spread. It's just it's crazy what
3: what happens uh, in a, in this fast-paced world that we live in. Uh, it's all a big pendulum. Pendulum, it, it, sw- it keeps swinging. Um, well, stuff goes well, away, guys. stuff comes back. You know, back to my well, example okay. about you know radio shows, Podcasts getting to be pretty popular now. It's basically, radio. Um, you know, every 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 outlet has, seems to have its own niche, so to speak, or own use, um, use usefulness to it, and, and I think we're seeing that more and more now. And I think definitely going to see changes in the next five, ten years for sure. Um, quite probably pretty drastic over the next five or ten years on how TV and social media probably intertwine even more and more.
1: Well, I know two things for sure. If you're looking at the numbers for RNTB, uh, one of those numbers is mine because I set yours on DVR every time it comes on because I'm a water filing guy. Cool, but <laughs> but the second thing is I know that we've run close to running out of time, and good grief! I, I'm just going to say this: it's this one of the best podcasts we've we've ever done. I mean, it's a lot of good stuff here, and Jimbo, I thank you for taking time out of your day to to be with us today. Happy um, to do
3: it, partner.
1: It is it like I said, it's been a really, really good podcast. And I, I know that a lot of the people that listen to the On X podcast are waterfowlers. But before we close out, Jake, any final
0: thoughts? I'm ready to go turkey hunting.
3: <laughs> Me too, Jake. Me too. Yes sir. Uh, I'm leaving for Kansas in the morning. One i'll way. thank you y'all next time i flop
0: one
3: i really appreciate that <laughs> yep I, I just
0: saw your email jimbo <laughs> you just sent me a picture of your bird
3: yeah i was sitting here i was thinking i'd say to take a picture by talking to you i wish i was hiding out in the back of your
0: truck
1: going with you josh <laughs> any final thoughts
2: no i um uh, no I, i'm with jake I, i'm ready to get back in the woods Just kind of rainy and nasty today and, Got a bunch of stuff going on anyway, but but I'm ready to get back in the woods. This the Jimbo really has been a lot of fun, and uh, look forward to to, to getting together
3: and, uh, and talking
2: more about 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 all this fun stuff. But uh, but no,
3: it, it's really been fun, and I appreciate it, man. Let's do it again. Thank y'all for having me,
1: So Jimbo. I'm gonna let look. This is the first time we have ever done this because but because this has been such a great podcast. I'm gonna let you have some final thoughts on today
3: final thoughts. thank the good lord that we all have the opportunity to enjoy the outdoors and make a living doing things we enjoy to do amen jimbo amen. again thank you thank you for being here and we want to thank
1: everybody that joined us for this edition of the on the x podcast powered by Ducksouth.com.